Hey, everybody. I'd like to take a brief moment before we dive into this episode to announce a new partnership. Today, Spec joins the Fraud Boxer family as our inaugural sponsor. This is excellent timing because in today's episode, we will be discussing customer journey orchestration with Alexander Hall in an episode that I actually recorded at MRC. Spec is a leader in the customer journey management space with their patented Trust Cloud platform that connects you to any fraud vendor through a no-code implementation. This allows you to have full control and visibility into your customer journeys, orchestrate and operationalize any fraud, abuse, and payments API, and take action on your website without having to negotiate priority with your engineering teams. The Spec Trust Cloud keeps you up to date as your fraud needs change over time. I truly believe this is going to be a key component of fraud fighting in the future with threats changing daily and your need to be able to adapt fast to answer those threats needs to move just as fast. Please give them a warm welcome by visiting www.specprotected.com to learn more about how they can offer exactly what we're going to be discussing today. Without further delay, let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another live Fraud Boxer podcast, live from the MRC, the Merchant Risk Council here. I got Alexander Hall with us today. He was kind enough to peel himself away from the conference a little bit. Uh, he's got a busy man, too, and spent some time with me. I'm going to apologize in advance. This has been a very long week with a lot of talking, and my voice, this is the best that I could do it after a steam shower, after a hot bath with the jets on. Two, I'm on my second lemon tea right now, and I did a massive vocal warm-up, but this is the best we got. I know you love hearing my voice and how perfect and shiny it is today. There's a little bit of rust on it, but Alexander, man, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. My, my voice has made it through the struggle, but you know, that's definitely a real-world struggle we encounter here when we're speaking and speaking and speaking, so. Yeah, so thank you for coming back. You were my very first guest ever. Uh... I have learned a tremendous amount in the 19, 20 episodes that have happened since then. Um, kind of fallen into my little groove about what I do, what I like to do. My audience has kind of fallen into theirs as well. Um, happy to have you back. I think in, in the last eight, nine months since that, that episode, there's been a lot of changes uh, in your life and your career is, is growing exponentially. So congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Um, you have the official badge on this time, which is that's a, that's, that's a, good, a good thing there. Um, that means that you are what, what we call coming up in this world. And I wanted to have you come back and, and, and share some of the exciting and good things that you're doing. And then I want to kind of talk about some of the things that you're seeing um, that maybe you did a panel on here. Maybe you, you've talked to people on the, on the side. But what, what are some new stuff that you're seeing in, in this 2023 first half? So, yeah. So let's hit that first. What am I seeing? <clears throat> The thing that's catching my attention the most is that we are truly pushing towards becoming truly holistic. We have all the service providers in the world focusing on different touch points, different technologies, and different use cases. What's very um, inspiring to see is that we're seeing the overall journey being taken into consideration by single vendors. We've seen this with orchestration. We've seen this with the emergence of holistic data sets like biometrics and behavioral analytics and session data, PII, all of these things being leveraged. I really love to see the idea that the entire strategy is being supported by automation uh, with the intent of being truly holistic. I think it's a, that's an excellent point. Like the orchestration, you and I were kind of talking about that before we started to turn the mics on here. Um, 
the orchestration, like, so why don't you say in your words what orchestration means to you? And then we'll, we'll talk about what we were already talking about too and kind of share with the audience. Thank you. Sure, yeah. So to me, orchestration can be described in an infinite number of ways. But the way I look at it is this. If I want to create a fraud prevention strategy that applies across my entire operation, mm -hmm. right? I need something that can track performance across the entire organization. If we're going to use KYC up front, if we're going to use biometrics in the back, if we're going to use chargeback representment, we need something to tie it all together. Yes. And that's where I see that the, the initial value of orchestration is there. We get to create a dashboard that tracks performance across all these different touch points and specifically leveraging all these different technologies. What we've experienced as reviewers and manual review people and, and the, the investigation teams, you have to hop between screens and you have to yep. check over here and you have to see how it cross-references over there and over here. The orchestration vendors that we're speaking to today or downstairs, um, they have the ability to just bring it all together, show it all in one. You know, you got to build it. It takes a little bit of effort, but the end result is, def is well worth the time. Yeah, so I, I've been looking at it um, from the lens of kind of a gateway for fraud services. So you integrate into one place and you get access to a number of different services for what you need. If you need that biometrics, if you need just a device ID, if you need some sort of covered model, you know, doing actual decisioning. So the, the size of your business doesn't necessarily matter anymore. And as your business grows, you can scale long-term on doing one single integration. I think a, a big focus for a lot of this, this conference I've noticed is not so much the fraud piece of it, the transactional fraud piece. I mean, we're still in, in fraud in, in, in the context of what fraud is, is still the focus, but the fraud is happening in other places on your site. And we do say it's abuse, you know, in, in, in certain contexts, but putting fraud checks in other places is not a new thing, but it's becoming more popular. Looking at, like, as you said, the holistic data, looking at the actual session data and, and gleaning more information while this person is in flight on your site versus just at a single individual touch point. And I think that, especially in this, this world of synthetic ID identities, like you and I are gonna be at the RSA conference in a month. Um, I'm doing a synthetic ID panel. I think it's gonna become more important than ever to be looking at the actual session in order to find out if the person's legitimate or not. So you can't just have one single touch point. So, what do you think about all that? I think that's the perfect perspective. Thinking about, I want to first touch on the idea that you said that merchants, the operators, right? The ones who need the service have an opportunity to get in touch with very powerful solution providers and check out different combinations for strategies without having to go the route of setting up an API or an integration with each individual. Yeah, vendor. you could do, you could POC these five things right. happening all at once and then just really pick the best one. And you really just, the very, I want to go with this one, click. It's live. Yeah. It's done. Like that's, it's changing the game. Yes. That is the biggest hurdle for many merchants out there. Not the biggest, but one of the, one of the challenges that we encounter is the integration process. What does it take to get up and running? And when you run through an orchestration platform, yeah, just flip the switch. And then, like you said, grab the POC, see if it works for what you need, hear about another vendor and say, you know what? Maybe we'll supplement, maybe we'll rip and replace. The changes can be done quickly. Um, that's a huge value add. And the really, the, 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 one of the other great things that you could do with that too is like, you don't know what your problem is going to be next week. So like I'm here with my team shopping for a very specific thing for a new problem that we have and a new need that we have. And if we had a, a full orchestration platform on our own site, 
I could say, well, here's the options for that. Just turn it on. And then the ne very next transaction, the very next site access is going through that. And I wouldn't have to be shopping. Then coming back to my office, sitting with my product team, explaining why we needed what we needed to 15 different people trying to get slotted in in the middle of their giant board of all the stuff that they are working on and then 18 months from now maybe turn something on that i might have a completely different problem <laughs> exactly oh exactly get rid of the whole process plug in once try it out and then the thing that we always talk about is fraud as is in its nature is ever evolving there's always going to constant be a new moving target i said that like in three different panels i was like it's a moving target because every like so i see so many people and I see so many solution providers too saying like, this is what we could, what we do to solve it. Okay. Right now. Right. And then tomorrow, like as the synthetic identity or this new, this new biometric, or even, I think you were even posting like the, the voice printing, the new uh, AI about like changing voices as these things happen. Okay. Now that guy solved that part of it for me, but I'm stuck over here and for three years, right. what do I got to do? So it's, People need to embrace the orchestration more. And I think the solution providers, if solution providers are listening to this call, need to partner with orchestration platforms. You don't need to view them as a threat. You need to view them as an opportunity to access a tremendous amount of customers that you might not have been able to access just by simply having an ease. There's a reason why like stores like Shopify and all those plugins have a tremendous amount of success. Like not just fraud plugins, but plugins in general on those things because they're so easy to just drop in and just go and live and, and you can solve all of your problems. You don't have to find somebody on like Fiverr to go and develop a, a plugin for you. Right. It's probably there and you can just turn it on. Exactly. We've, we've, <clears throat> we've effectively created a marketplace for service providers where this partnership idea can really take, take precedence and be the driving force. We always talk about how there's no silver bullet in orchestration. It's funny because if you think about it, orchestration becomes the silver bullet because That's depending on what the partnerships point. are, they have infinite use cases oh, that they no. cover, depending all, on how it's built out. All of my negative anti-marketing that I've been saying on this thing is now <laughs> going to turn into a real positive thing that's actually going to be true. I don't know. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I might have to charge for that for, <laughs> from all of them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what, what else do you see? Like, what else is going on? Are you thinking? So in the total landscape, uh, I've made it a point for my messaging this year to center around um, components of identity theft. We, what we've mm. seen historically over the last couple of years is you see through the data breaches, you see login information being leveraged. It exploded in the last couple of years, ATOs. We saw payment details being compromised in the continuation of carding. That's not too surprising at this point. The last data set, identity information, we haven't seen a, a, a similar explosion with yeah. compromised established non-synthetic IDs, ID theft. Um, so I think that we're gonna see that. And then in conjunction with all of these reports about mail theft and, and compromised checks, I expect that one of my methods from the past is going to rear its ugly head uh, in the form of third-party ATOs. So I, uh, you know, I've been watching like the, the Frank on fraud stuff where they, he had his thing that came out and talked about the check fraud stuff. And you know, I know that's been, that's been talked about a lot by a lot of uh, other people in the industry. I I am a little far away from that personally, you know, so I, I don't play as much in that particular type of sandbox, mm -hmm. but I do think it's important to bring up because it is something that affects a lot of people and will affect a lot of people. And I, I do have a checkbook. I didn't want to have a checkbook, but my uh, my landlord, he's a lovely man. Um, he's a great dude. He insists on paper checks. I was mm -hmm. like, I could just like wire you the money or like sell you the money. 
I can't zell it because it's over the amount of Zell's limits right now currently, but that's, and it says more about Southern California real estate market than it does about my particular life choices. But um, I have to have checks, and it's just I haven't used a check until now in a decade probably. So it's, it's not top of mind for me. Right. And I think that that's the opportunity for the fraudsters is it's not top of mind for a lot of people. Right. So uh, there's, there's, in my experience, uh, there's plenty of merchants. I mean, we've been out of the, the reliance on checks for a long time, but we don't get rid of it because there's enough of the market that pays with checks regularly. You think about businesses, you think about vendor yeah. payments, you think about invoices, you think about paper all the, trails. All the fraud boxer stuff is always done. Whenever I get, um, a, whenever I get paid for fraud boxer stuff, it's always a paper check. Yeah. From the business. It exists. It, on my invoices, it has all of my banking information, all my wire information. Even It even has Venmo information. And I imagine they, if that got intercepted. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm doing a little different size of business checks for the new one. My typical services currently for Fraud Boxer are in the Venmo limits just fine. <laughs> so what's what are you up to? What are you up to these days? So today I'm at MRC representing three companies. Uh, first, I spoke with Nuance Voice Biometrics, the Microsoft subsidiary. We spoke about the fraud method development process, which I was, it was awesome to talk about and plenty of follow-up conversations. The reason why I want to sit on that for a second is we spend a lot of time identifying through big data. We see 100,000 uh, examples of this one particular method, and then we raise the flag and we notify everybody which is a definitely uh, necessary uh, way to raise awareness and thought leadership. <clears throat> One thing that I think is missing, has been missing, is the idea of what does a fraudster do to develop methods? Where do they see opportunities and what do they combine and what do they manipulate mm. in order to create a new method? You know, I, I, I'm like running, like as you're saying these words, I'm running through my head right now. I'm like, I never really thought about like them sitting there. I just figure like somebody stumbled upon something and then they just hit it a bunch. I never thought about like them sitting with their fingers, you know, hmm, what can I do? That's a, that's a really good That was point. my life for <laughs> 10 years. I heard about a method over there. I saw components of it that lived um, in merchant or in financial, whatever it might have been. Um, I saw a component that worked, but I saw that they didn't work it from the beginning to the end and it was unreliable. So I decided, well, let me take that little bit. Let me flesh it out backwards, forwards, a whole nine. Like for example, the majority of fraudsters out there, they'll get a piece of compromised information, identity or payment, whatever. If it's payment, they'll just run over to a checkout form and cash out. They'll, they'll attempt yeah. to check out. If it's identity information, they'll go attempt to open an account. They don't manipulate the information first in order to refine their, their uh, results. Yeah, because the they try to go for like the, the quickest opportunity, right? Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I used to do. I used to say, here are all the components. At what point can I manipulate something to make it more reliable downstream? So it was a great opportunity to do that, especially partnering with Nuance, because they're, uh, I'll take can, this opportunity. They're powerful. Can I ask you a question about Nuance? Because I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I don't know for sure. Do you remember, like, the Dragon software or whatever? Yeah, Dragon Translate. Yeah. Like, we're, transcribe. Or, we're, yeah. Are, is that the same Nuance company? It is. They, uh, it's my understanding, and I could be wrong. Let me preface it. It's my understanding that Nuance was assisting in the development of and then officially acquired or just acquired. But the answer to the question is yes. Dragon is under the nuance slash Microsoft exactly. umbrella. Because Microsoft bought them like a long time ago, right? Like Maybe like that's what the dynamic Forever was. ago. Like Microsoft bought nuance like forever ago. But I just think it's, I was like walking by and I'm like, wait a minute. 
like I, I know nuance in our space, but I never was like, oh, that's the one that the talk to type thing that that stupid headset they used to have those late night TV commercials on. That one, yes, but uh, the the primary use case was transcribing in the healthcare. That would make sense too, because they have they pay a lot of people yeah. a lot of money to sit there and do that. I have a couple of friends that did that in their younger years. Yeah, that was like the original remote job was <laughs> sitting at home with your laptop and tapes and transcribing the medical notes. Right. Uh, so okay, that's that's just weird. A small world. That that's I just wanted to see. So please continue. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was great. Uh, Nuance voice biometrics definitely stand beside them. Um, a great company. So I'm excited to be here representing them alongside Christian. Great session. Well received. Um, in addition to that, I'm representing Approved. A P R U V D. Um, I joined them in January. January 3rd was my start date, and I've been working with them ever since, Excellent. managing their chargebacks. Literally was just talking to Tom downstairs. Yeah, so. great company, great culture, um, a lot of potential. Uh, I'm, I'm confident I made the right decision joining this family. I heard that there was a new, um, a certified partnership, too, that just launched. The, he had that uh, lanyard on. He was talking to me about that. I think that's excellent for because a certified obviously has a large customer base. So I think that that's excellent doing like decline salvage off of that customer base. It's going to be huge for their customers for the merchants. That's the that's the magic point. When I speak about approved, I'm asked I'm asked about uh, you know what do I think about it and how do I approach it and where what's the use case? I think well that's what it is. It's decline salvage. You're getting false positives. You're getting high declines. You want to save something. Make an accurate determination, and our system specifically calls for accuracy above volume, right? So we're we're really focused. Yeah, because like the, the the thing about like those, I mean, I've seen other companies try to attack that space before. Usually, um, the companies got a little greedy and they exited that space. So, but I still think that that's a massive opportunity because you can find those diamonds in the rough, and there's no real risk to the merchant at the end of the day. It's like you were going to decline them anyways. Let me take a second look at them with a computer, with automation, or, or just outsource it. See if we might be able to find something in there. If you're approving 10% of what you're already going to decline anyways, like that's a win. I mean, approving one extra order is a win at the end of the day. So why not? I mean, I guess you have to balance the margins because some people have really slim margins. But I, I feel like you guys could make the, the economics work for, for people in those positions just fine so, so that everybody wins. You're already losing this. You already threw it in the bucket with your current provider. And they're doing, let me make sure I say this because I don't want to step on any toes. These providers are doing amazing jobs. They just specialize in different ways. So you handle, you know, X amount of transactions over there and you get these types of results. Our POCs coming in and picking up things, like you just said, picking it up out of the what would be the merchant's trash and turning it into gold. Yeah. That seems to be the use case and the POCs are looking very good. Good. I'm really, I'm really happy to see that you guys are, are pushing along. I, I like Tom. I thought the, the product was a good product when I looked at it a few years ago, two years ago, and then just talked to him again, kept in touch. So uh, I'm really happy to see that, that you're over there. Um, I think they made a good hire. So Tom, good job. Uh, and Doug, um, I'll, I'll shout you out too. So hi. <laughs> and I'll take the opportunity to say Corwin. I'm, I'm really excited to be working alongside Corwin Cole. That's, see, look at that. They got the whole team shouted out there. I'm excited, man. So Dispute Defense Consulting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's grown significantly since our last sit down, hasn't it? Isn't it crazy? I can't believe the reception I got here. Yeah. yeah you, um, you and I, a while, it was, it was about, a, it was probably a little less than a year ago. You and I just were decide I aming because we're social media friends. We talk. And, um, I remember when you had that first string of, of like big success on that and how happy you were. And now that's like, that's a Tuesday for you now, <laughs> you know? So yeah, talk to me about 
the evolution of, of what, what's been going on there. Evolution is the right terminology because I've gone through a thousand iterations. When, when I pivot with the market, if I see a use case that needs to be addressed, I try to address it. I kind of try to come up with a system that is reliable, all centered around strategy development. As you know, I don't offer a software. I partner with 30 or 40 vendors to make sure that I, I can make a, an unbiased opinion yeah. and, and, and promote them the right way. We cover, um, well, okay, since I joined Approved, I've segmented off merchant-centric with physical deliverables to go under the Approved funnel. Yeah. Well, that leaves open instant deliverables, digital deliverables, subscription bases, financial institutions, fintech, crypto, I So you can still balance your, your, your day job and your other day job. Exactly, <laughs> yes. So I'm able to still work with this, which is actually it works to my benefit um, because... When I was a bad guy, my, my specialty was the manipulation of identity information. The merchant carding stuff was always present, but I, the, the, the height of my game was the manipulation of identity info. So now I can talk to all of those implements, I can talk to all those use cases, and I can help to identify, uh, I can help different organizations identify evidence of manipulated identity profiles. So when you go in, I'm curious, when you go in and you, and you, you do your evaluation of an organization, and you start telling them all these opportunities that they could be exploited, are they ever like just like completely shocked and blown away? Or do they have like some sort of idea? Like have you ever told some like told somebody something and they just were like, I literally never thought of that, and now they're looking and they're realizing they're just getting took? Yes. Oh, uh, every time. Every time. And and it's and this is why I really push for in my trainings, because I also offer offer trainings, I push in my trainings to think like a fraudster. Right? You have to think about what opportunities exist for value. And so when I come in and I, and I quickly, this is actually what the session was with Nuance, I just listed all the touch points. I don't know who's in the crowd. I don't know of the 100 mm -hmm. people that were there. I don't know the names of any of your companies, but I know this is your journey. And at each touch point, I can do something like this and something like that. Well, that was the model for merchants, but the model for financial institutions is very much similar, except there's multiple opportunities to transfer, to pay, to deposit, mm -hmm. to withdraw. Yeah, I guess you, when you break it down like that, there is a lot of interaction points when you're doing a banking. <laughs> yes, and uh. then you can consider that you have, like I was mentioning, the third-party ATOs. You link two accounts, and now you can transfer between them. And then it was my understanding when I was in the past, and I'd love to be corrected, but it was my understanding that for every account that was involved in something that was deemed suspicious, it needed a warrant for the investigation to play in. So as a fraudster, if you have 20 accounts that are just 20 mule accounts and you transfer between them... They'd have to have a warrant for each and every one? You'll have three years of investigations before they find out where the money finally went. That was my understanding. I, I haven't confirmed that, so I'll, I'll gladly be uh, corrected in that. But that yeah, was my understanding. I mean, anybody feel free to put your thoughts, opinions in the comments. I do like interaction on these posts because it does increase uh, reach as well. Absolutely. You know? uh, you've been doing a lot of... Um, you know, one of the themes of this MRC that I've noticed is education. A lot of more of education. So when I was on my ATO panel, um, I was up there with, with those guys and we were talking about customer education with how in banking, for example. Like banks are getting better at notifying their customers ahead of time, preemptive strike of scams that are happening. Mm -hmm. The news is getting better of notifying people of scams that are happening. Gas stations where all the scams always happen are getting better about putting stickers on their things about scams that are happening. So education is is really becoming a hot topic right now let's talk about education let's do it so you've been putting out a series of of linkedin live sessions around education let's talk about those 
So, um, yeah, uh, it started off, I just wanted to do three sessions. I was invited to do the content creation for LinkedIn because my posts were being, you know, spread out and, and performing well. So I was invited to become a content creator. I just... That was an invitation, because they did that to uh, me. Yeah. That's an invitation thing? Kind of. You just tick boxes. Yeah, and then you get like the little, they put the hashtags in here and thing. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel really special So once that. you meet the requirements, you get that access. So good for you. All right. I like that. Good to know. <laughs> I'm doing something right. Yeah. <clears throat> Haven't been canceled yet. <laughs> Despite everybody trying, we're no, working on it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I just, I was just telling everybody, I was um, when I, they were getting prepped for the panel that I did on Tuesday, they were running down some of the rules, and I just jokingly said, "It's my full intention to get canceled while I'm on stage," and they just went white as a ghost <laughs> when I said that. <laughs> but uh, it was not my intention to get canceled, and I don't think I have yet. But you know, my voice is canceling itself right now. That's what it is. It's the intrinsic, it's the intrinsic monologue taking over. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I started the, the LinkedIn live events with Dispute Defense. And I, initially, all I was going to do was cover three episodes. Um, how I view the three pillars of a fraudster's operation. Identity information, payment information, and system knowledge. Where we get the information, how I used to manipulate it, then the methods that, that spawned from it. Well, after seeing all of the performance that I received, I said, this could be a real thing. Yeah. So I went forward and I started to feature different use cases, different speaking points, different vendors. Um, and it, it did really well in 2022. We got, we got a lot of attendance. I think I was up there in, uh, in metrics competing with the big boys, right? And so I was really proud of that. Joined Approved in January. And so I took this quarter to essentially, I guess it's called a hiatus. I took a hiatus. Um, but yeah, I want to kick it back up in May. So any vendors out there or any, uh, anybody want to come on and chat, you're more than welcome to come chat with me. Yeah. I did a session with you on there and it was, it was a lot of fun and there was a lot of people that were watching like, yeah. yeah and we just, just like we're doing now, we just had a conversation about the trends and the things that were happening in that moment in time, some best practices. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. Our session was specifically good because it was, it was great to have you on there because you can speak to any thing. I right. love it. We're not Go just on. talking about a particular use case. <laughs> We're not just talking about a particular service offering. We're talking about everything relative to strategy. That's that's always like when when you you have the same problem that I have with this is I want to talk to my friends about the cool shit that they're doing, but a lot of my friends, the cool shit that they're doing, they're trying to sell. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of a balancing act of like being able to talk about the stuff giving them a spotlight and balancing them needing wanting they're on here because they want to reach an audience too, you know? Right. So how can we balance not making it too sales pitchy, still make it informative and fun, you know? So it's, it's, it's fun. It's a fun challenge to have when we, when we do these. So that is, that's the balancing act. Yeah. So let's talk a little more about education. What are you noticing in the education space besides like the MRC has their new certification program. I was a part of helping develop that, so I'm not allowed to take it for a year. Um, I have a, a lockout on that because I could just go and just pass it 100%. But, I mean, I'd do that anyway. Let's be serious. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about education some more. So it makes sense that vendors share information amongst us. We're going to learn. The second element is the operators that are using fraud prevention. It makes sense for us to reach out to them directly because, of course, sales pitches and thought leadership reaches those screens. They're interested, so they come to us. The general public doesn't really do that. The general public needs to have it in their face, and it needs to be put up you know, in front of them. And so I'm really happy to hear that so many people, I, I, I get these notifications when I'm going through to do wire transfers or whatever it might be, 
I get these notifications. Do you know this person? Can you attest that you do know this yeah. person? Are you sure? Watch out. For, uh -huh. I love that. You're putting it that's, in their face. That's exactly what I was. I said that on my panel too. Is like they're they're stepping in now. For me, if I'm sending it to the same person I've sent money to like the, for the fifteen thousandth time, maybe put a little flag on my account. You know, like like we have the technology to know what a, a, we have. We have enough persona, and because I, I work in this industry, I know the technology exists to know that these people that I send money to all the time, I don't need to double check on them. You know that I send the money to them. I'm fine. Like, yeah, there's ATO, but come on, if everything is the same, we don't need to know. But brand new, first timers, just like Venmo requires the last four digits. They don't require it. You can skip it. Zelle, though, you're like, they are just like, they ask you every two seconds, are you sure you're trying to do right. this? And Well, for good reason. Yeah. Zelle, is, oh Zelle has been on a ride. Uh, sorry, Zell, because I know some of you guys uh, listen to this, but I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's all over the news. Nothing right. we can do about that. <laughs> public, man. I'm so, yeah. I saw something a couple years ago, and I'll think about if we're going to leave this in or not, but um, it was like something that greater than 90% of all Zell traffic is scam. Like, it was a great, I'll have to find that article, but it was like, they, they somebody did an analysis, and greater than 90% of any Zell payment was a scam of some kind happening. I was like, damn, bro. Like that's, but I believe it. I, so I definitely could not assert to the, to the, the factual nature of that statement, of course. However, it was common practice when I was on the other side to find what these emerging technologies were. And if you're talking about a few years ago, it was, it was it when it was before Zell was on the news. It was when we all just started seeing it pop up at our bank, whether we asked for it or not, it was a button there. But I think one of the, um, one of the things that I saw a long time ago, everybody got auto-opted into Zelle mm -hmm. on, the, on the banking information that existed on their account mm -hmm. at that time. Now, I opened my bank account in 2015 at Capital One. I changed my address when I moved, but I don't really look at like my phone number and stuff on there because mm -hmm. I validated I moved on. Yeah. And a lot of people had changed their phone numbers after they had opened their bank account 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So when they auto-opted into Zelle, People, the money would go to the wrong number. Mm. And there's nothing that they could ever do about that because they could never get the money back. It was just, it was just, that was in the early days. It was just gone. And like one lady, she like sent $5,000 to what she thought was her friend's phone number, but her friend had changed the number and it went to just some other bank account. And like, there's nothing they could do about that. So that's interesting. Every time that I Zell, it says this number has been registered to. I think that's new. Who, this was it? in 2017 okay. when okay. I saw this article. So it's just been a, a whirlwind, really. There's, there's. Uh, I'm launching the training courses. Uh, consulting is still on the table. Working with approved. You, I'm gonna see you again at RSA and yeah. EFG out in San Francisco. Um, I'm trying to make the 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 pieces fall together so I can go out to Fraud Fight Club out in New York. Are you a, are you a speaker on that yet? I've been invited to be, but um, I see they got a lot of people speaking at that one. All right. <clears throat> well, I know that um. We do have to get back to the conference floor, which we are um, very much a part of here. So I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, I've already taken a lot. I think we had a real nice little fun session here. I enjoyed talking to you, getting the updates with what's going on in your life. Uh, anything else that we should be knowing about on this education? I think that we, we, we education is kind of the key. It seems to be on, on this particular one. I think there was one more thing that you had, you had said that you wanted to say. So when we compartmentalize where education lives, we mentioned that we have the, the well, first of all, there's the fraudster education but we're not part of that ecosystem unless we go dive into the dark web and all that um but then second we have our collaborative efforts here among service providers third we have the operators the issuing banks the merchants and so on 
Then we have the user base. Well, on the other side of education is what can we leverage? What can we use? What can we do in these different perspectives? And there's an exciting uh, vendor that just came up, popped up on my radar, um, Azio, A-Z-Y-O. Oh. They have a very interesting platform that uh, uh, I'm going to be doing a little bit more research into. But uh, on the top level, what I've seen has made me very, very, very interested in what they're bringing to the table. Um, if Alexander says he's interested, it's got to be good. I will say that, like me walking the show floor last year, um, I had a VC come up to me and was asking me. He's like, he's like, all these things that kind of look the same. He's like, I'm trying to like find, like invest in something that's a little different. So I ran through some of the changes, like and some of the, the differences between the companies and really what they are. And he was right; a lot of them do a similar thing, similar but different, you know. And this year, I was excited to see there's like four or five new, like new, new freshness things yeah. that I'm actually excited exist. Um, and that some of them are a little aggressive on their sales but um, and their emails. But I would say that the technology, we're finally pushing forward after this like three years of COVID that was kind of stifling new innovation. Um, I think we're, we're, we're getting back to some really cool stuff. So I would like to know more about ASIO. Uh, if you're excited about it, it's got to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. It puts Essentially, at the end of the day, it's intended to put the security of someone's identity in their own hands. And I think that's great. There's a lot of use cases. Do we want to put... Is, when you give a regular person the, their own power over themselves, they don't always <laughs> make the best choices. In today's world. <laughs> well, thank you for swinging by in my little room here and, uh, and lending me your time, lending me your voice. Uh, we'll put this out probably in April somewhere. Uh, we'll... We'll plug our RSA uh, sessions that we have coming up. That's that should be right about the same time this is coming out. So happy to uh, to, to see everybody there because I know y'all going to book that RSA trip. Uh, we love conferences. We're here at the MRC, like I said. This was a really, really, really good MRC. I got a lot of value out of this. I completely lost my voice as we can all. If you guys have been listening to for the last forty five minutes, but uh, worth it, worth it. And I had some really good bourbon, really nice. Uh, Old fashioned with blueberry syrup in it at a SDK last night. Um, thank you to Forder for a very lovely dinner there. Uh, it's got to give them a shout out for that one there. But yeah, hey, always a pleasure, man. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. I hope everybody enjoyed that new episode there. Again, I'd like to thank Spec for joining the Fraud Boxer family and being our inaugural sponsor. I really do encourage everyone to go visit their site, www.specprotected.com, and learn more about their patented Trust Cloud platform and how it can help you today with a no-code implementation. No-code is a very interesting way of putting things. Um, I've done an episode in the past with their co-founder, Patrick Chen, so please go back and take a listen to that. But in the meantime, if you'd like to reach out to them and see a demo on your very own site, please reach out to the links that I provided inside the body of this episode and learn more about how they can help you out. Again, thank you, Spec, www.specprotected.com. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.